Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What prompted that after your touchdown? Sometimes you black out on the field. <laughs> in, a good, in a good way. Uh, I definitely blacked out uh, from a concussion, which isn't a good way. But uh, I looked up in the stands, and in the front row, all I saw was a woman giving me a double bird. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly what came out of my mouth next. Aaron Rodgers, Packers quarterback, after that great moment when he ran for the touchdown, took a big hit, did the the championship belt maneuver, and then yelled, I own you, plus some other words that we can't repeat lest we get in trouble uh, as the Packers win their fifth straight over a Bears team that had an opportunity. It wasn't a blowout. They didn't embarrass themselves. But, but clearly with Aaron Rodgers, Packers are in a higher category than the Bears or any other team in their division. It's superlatives time. Mike, I'll uh, let you have the first one. I appreciate that very much, Mike. And I'm going to go with the man just wins. And that would be Lamar Jackson. I mean, what do you say? They, they, they get an easy win yesterday. We, we talked about it already. But he now has the most wins under 25 years old. He was in a tie with the Hall of Famer Dan Marino at 34. He is now 35-8. and eight. So the winningest quarterback under 25 years old. And, I mean, he just keeps getting better, right? MVP already. We know he can run, passes the ball better. 
I wish his receivers would stop dropping the ball. That happened some more yesterday as well. Wasn't, wasn't you know, had a couple of interceptions again and more drops as, as I talked about. But forgetting the play of this individual game, a game where, as I mentioned, the lines of scrimmage were so dominant, he just continues to lead, to lead in an incredible way. His legs and what he can do and how dangerous he is is ridiculous. It's things we haven't seen put together with an arm that he has as well and how they're building around him and a great relationship, obviously, with Andrews, the tight end that he has. But he just wins. I mean, you, they just they just follow him. He is the leader, and he wins ball games to the tune. As I said, now thirty-five and eight, the winningest quarterback under twenty-five years old. That I mean, listen, that deserves applause without question. Absolutely, positively, and look, Mike, this is a guy who already should have gotten his gigantic financial reward for what he's done and what he will still do. They have a buy after the Bengals this weekend. And, and the narrative early in the year was Lamar Jackson's too focused on football to negotiate his contract because he serves as his own agent. Well, that's all the more reason to have an agent, frankly, if you're too busy to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. During the bye week, they've got to get it done. And I said this after the Monday night win over the Colts. Just get the Josh Allen contract, change the name to Lamar Jackson, change the team to Baltimore Ravens, and get it done. Because my guess yeah. is he wanted that one after Josh Allen did it, and the Ravens are like, well, this is different. That No, it's not. No. Give them the Josh Allen contract and just be done with it. And I hope they get it done over the bye week. If they don't, I, I, I it's just unfortunate because he could get injured at any time. And, and he is right. helping that team, arguably in a way the few quarterbacks are helping their teams right now. I mean, they, they're a shortlist MVP candidates, and he's clearly one of them. And they got to get this guy taken care of. He's special. He's accomplished. And he's on a mission this year, and it, it's fun to watch. All right, uh, first one for me. Uh, okay, I believe that is my award for the Arizona Cardinals because I've been picking them to lose like every week since they got to three and zero. I okay, now's the time. Correction Sunday. It's correction Sunday. It's correction Sunday because you see it every year. There's a team that starts off four and zero, five and zero. The loss is coming. They're not going to keep winning these games. Well, and they got the Texans this week, so six and zero is going to become seven and zero. Then they got, hey, Mike, I don't want to peek too far ahead on the schedule, but week eight, Thursday night game, Packers at Cardinals. Are you kidding me? But there aren't a ton of games that I look at and say the Cardinals are stepping into a buzzsaw here. I mean, they're in a position where if they can keep doing what they've done, it sounds weird to say it, but like 14 and three is not out of the question. 15 and two is not out of the question for them. They got the Cowboys week 17, which should be awesome. They got the Rams again, the 49ers again, the Seahawks twice, but what are the Seahawks going to be? I mean, this is a team that's already six games in, six wins. They don't have to do much more to get to the playoffs. The question is, are they going to get the one seed? And I believe, of course, that may be the kiss of death. That may mean they finally fall apart. Now that I fully believe in the Cardinals, they're going to go the other way. They're going to lose to the Texans this weekend. I'm kidding, I think. Oh, I don't believe in that kiss of death stuff. Lose it to Texans. That would, that would be unbelievable. But uh, to your point, I mean, it, it's very difficult to go undefeated. This year would be obviously 17-0, just like I think it's hard to, to not win a game either. So I, I, they'll probably drop a couple of games. But – Again, what, what, what I lean to is we keep talking about the offense. It's an excellent offense. They're scoring, what, over 32 points a game. And as I continue to mention, and it's not rocket science, I'm not the only one, is it's a scoring NFL now. The top teams are scoring over 30 points. And, but 
if you can get a defense that can come to, come to town every now and then and get the job done. And Arizona's defense can do that. Arizona's defense is one of the top scoring defenses in the league at just over 18 points a game. So while it's hard to completely shut down a team like we saw Baltimore do uh, to the Chargers yesterday, to a high-scoring team like that. That's more a rarity than not. Normally, it'll, it'll be up and score a little bit. But if you can hold them down some, that to me is going to be the difference. Just like Tampa Bay scored a lot of points last year, but their defense came up big for them when it had to. Arizona has that kind of a defense that can come up. It's a top-10 defense statistically overall, but the bottom line is how many points do you give up? They don't give up, uh, you know, even 19 points a game. So that's something I think that's going to take them a long way. My uh, second superlative is going to be the guy just keeps getting it done even though you know he's getting the ball. And that's Cooper Cup. I mean, he, he, it's amazing. Now, they got a, a monster win yesterday, uh, 38-11. to 11, But he's right up at the top of the league in receptions. He and Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. You know, with uh, all with 46 receptions and all right around the same targets. But it, it, it just blows my mind, and I guess I could include those guys, is when you know you have a top receiver and everybody knows the ball is going there, yet the ball still goes there and you see the guy open more often than not. It, it is amazing. Now, it was the Giants, and the Giants are not a very good football team at all. And, oh, by the way, the total was 49 in that game, a number we hadn't seen uh, in the NFL. But what, what he does and what he's able to do and finding route running and finding the open space and using his hands so well and obviously an incredible quarterback to get him to the ball, it blows my mind. So six games in, sitting there at 46 receptions and seven touchdowns, he just keeps doing it over and over again. I get, Like I said, I guess I could add Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill since they have 46 receptions uh, each, but it, it, it blows my mind how this guy week in and week out just keeps getting the ball. They just keep finding him. He just stays open. That Thursday night game against the Seahawks, it felt like there was a concerted effort to showcase Robert Woods because he apparently wasn't happy that it's all skewed so heavily toward Cooper Cup. Well, that was a one-game respite because it was 12 targets for Cooper Cup, nine catches, 130 and two touchdowns. Woods had five targets, two catches, 31 yards and a touchdown. It's hard to complain when you're winning, but but yep. it, it used to be one and one A, and now it's becoming Cooper Cup, the clear cut number one receiver in that offense, especially with Matthew Stafford. Last one for me, and then we got to take a break. Maybe we should just move to London and be done with it because the Jaguars <laughs> they're four and four now playing in London. Uh, their record over the past however many years they've been playing in London is nowhere close to 500, even with that 2017 season that somehow had them on the brink of the Super Bowl. They have been bad, but kudos to the Jaguars for getting their win. First time since week one of 2020, 20-game losing streak snapped. And what we're going to do, Mike, because, again, we got we, we got uh, only about 29 minutes left in the show and we still got a lot to do. <laughs> when we return, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how they pulled off that victory thanks to the conversation I have with Trevor Lawrence right after the game. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Well, that we need a win. Now, you know, someone asked you last week if we're desperate for a win. We are desperate for a win, and, and we came close a few times. And and uh, there was a lot of things to fix, but uh, you saw a young quarterback make a big time play at the biggest time of the game. And, uh, and then a young kicker that we just signed a couple weeks ago popped two 50-plus yarders, so it was a great win. Yeah, I think you guys just had to dig deep at the end of the day. Um, obviously, the first half didn't go the way we wanted to. I thought the defense did a great job of keeping us in the game. Um, and then in the second half, we just executed, executed better. Guys relied on each other, believed in each other, um, and we were able to find a way to get a win. A great, great victory. Uh, great, uh, played really well in all three phases. Uh, that's what we talked about. That's what we talked about in there. Really a great performance defensively. Um, you know, just felt like they were able to play suffocating defense um, and never really allow big plays and, and kind of make them earn it and then created the turnovers. And it wasn't perfect. There's a lot of things we're going to have to clean up, uh, particularly in the first half. But um, I thought our guys did a great job of playing in control during that game and different units stepped up when we needed them to. And that was big. And I led to a big win. And, and uh, just proud of our guys, proud of the effort there, and, and now we just got to put that one behind us and move forward. Zach Taylor, unaffected by the reporter who had failed to get his recording device onto the podium before he showed up. <laughs> Come on, man. Get your equipment up there and get out of the way. Let the coach speak. Don't distract him. All right. Uh, Mike, a couple of things that I gleaned yesterday after the games, after two of the four great games. The Jaguars beat the Dolphins 23-20 to just at the end of regulation when we thought they were going to overtime. Amazing how this came about. And if you're a Dolphins fan, there's nothing amazing about it. Fourth no. and eight from the Miami 44. Five seconds left. 20-20. to The Jaguars called a Hail Mary. They were going to throw it to the end zone. The Dolphins right. called a timeout. Trevor Lawrence told me, I was saying all along, why aren't we just trying to get the first down? There's only five seconds, but let's try to get the first down and let's try to get in position for a field goal. And after the timeout called by the Dolphins, the Jaguars said, you know, you know what? Maybe we should just listen to this kid. Maybe this kid is pretty damn smart. Now, I don't know how much of it he lobbied for and how much of it came from the coaches, but the coaches decided to do it. And if we watch that again, he also said that they were covering the Jaguars receiver six yards off the ball. And there was a robber in the middle. There was a guy there who was designed to break one way or the other and prevent that cheap completion. You see him right in the middle. It's 29. Trevor Lawrence said, I didn't have time to you know, look him off during the play. I had to look him off before the snap, and he did. It's Brandon Jones. He kept Brandon Jones from breaking toward LaVishka Chenault. They made it work with one second to spare. Matthew Wright kicks the field goal, and the Jaguars get the win. It was just a neat way that it all came together. But the Dolphins got to be saying, maybe we shouldn't have taken that time out. 
Uh, it's amazing how it changes in that timeout. You're right, because they were just going to heave one up when they needed what the, 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 the eight yards. So this was interesting, and one of the big reasons why having a timeout left is so key. Because what do you normally see when you want to shorten the field for a possibility of a field goal is you see that quick out route, right? Well, usually that gets covered, and they're like, because they can't throw it to the middle of the field because they don't have a timeout. Well, when you have a timeout, all of a sudden the middle of the field becomes open again. And that play was called, it's called two things, slider kill or slider timeout. In this case, because they had a timeout, it was called slider timeout. It's just that little slant play right over the middle. You saw the catch gets nine. They needed eight, and they get the timeout. And then Matthew Wright, how about this kid? You know, he was with Pittsburgh, kicked a couple of field goals last year. Here he is, this 25-year-old who some guys on the team said, we've never heard him speak. And he said, I'm not a talker. They've never heard the guy speak. He kicks a what a, a 54-yarder to tie the game after kicking a 40-yarder early in the game, a 54-yarder with over three minutes to go in the game to tie it, and then kicks that game winner from 53 yards after the, the scenario that you just talked about. So what a, what a great plane ride it had to be for that 25-year-old who really hasn't established himself in the NFL yet. But you do something like that, you're going to get your chance to. Well, and the one that tied the game looked like it was going to be wide by seven or eight feet. Wide right, and yeah. Curved yeah. and it curved back in. It's so great to see a football move like that. And uh, I don't know how much of it can be controlled or not. I just wonder whether those guys just kick it st as straight as they can and hope for the best. But so many times we see it wiggle and wobble in the air like that. Another guy I spoke to, K.J. Osborne, a guy that – many football fans need to begin to become better acquainted with because he's becoming the clear-cut third option in Minnesota behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. In overtime, he had two big catches. He had one on third and three where he was blanketed and he was bobbling the ball and he managed to hold on to it. And then after Justin Jefferson got blown up on a screen and it really swung some momentum back toward the Panthers, it was second and 13 or so from the 27 and Kirk Cousins – Second option on the play was K.J. Osborne, and Osborne told me that he had decided before overtime even began, if he scores, he is doing what Stephon Diggs did after the Minneapolis Miracle, off with the helmet, helmet toss. Diggs is a good friend of his. They work out together in the offseason, and he knew he was going to do exactly what Diggs did on this moment. We talked about this earlier. It was like, get out of bounds, get out of bounds. I can tie the game. Oh, wait, go ahead, score the touchdown, win the game. Oh, and actually, a field goal would have won the game, but take the touchdown right. and win the game and throw the helmet, and that's what K.J. Osborne did yesterday. So, you know, Mike, it's it's exciting and it's invigorating to get a guy on the phone who, had, who has had his first taste of something special like that because, you know, the guys who are established, and I love talking to Patrick Mahomes after a win. I love it because right. he's never changed, and he's accessible, and he's fun to talk to. But when it's a, a new face, a new name, a new guy, you can just sense the enthusiasm come from him. He was so excited. It was just great to, great to hear it in his voice yesterday. Well, what's cool to see, and first, the helmet throw. Let's be careful. There's a lot of people around. I hope yeah, I was a lot. I mean, yes, those are, yes, yes. They're that, harder that than shower doors. And I think, yeah. Yes, it's exactly right. Yeah, and coming down like that, it's going to hurt. But what I like about this is, you're right, you can talk to the stars, even young stars, like young receivers, you know, like what Jamar Chase is doing and, and Devontae Smith, these young guys who, who came in and are going to be the stars, are going to get every opportunity to be. Here's a guy who, no, and as I said, 
the locker room players know more than anybody else where you are in the pecking order, and obviously he's behind Thielen and Jefferson, as well he should be, that third receiver. But that doesn't mean that's where you want to stay, right? So that's what you work for. God doesn't want to be a third receiver his entire life. He wants to be a number one at some point. So you work and you know your opportunities as a, the third option or the third receiver are going to be limited, so you have to make the most of them when the quarterback comes your way. And here's a guy that did make the most of his opportunities. You could tell, like I said, by how we celebrated, as you mentioned, the excitement in his voice. But it's good to see players like that who don't start out as the number one and say, here, this is your job because this is what we expect out of you. This is a guy that's a three and, gonna, and wants to try and work his way up. Nobody says I'm a three and I want to be this for the rest of my career. They want to be more than that. It's a guy taking advantage of his opportunities when he gets the chance. It's, it's impressive. Fifth round pick, just like Stephon Diggs was, and getting it done in his second season. And I think he's won the trust and confidence of Kirk Cousins, the team, and I think we're going to see more of him and we'll see the Vikings in their next game. Sunday Night Football coming up in 13 days when they play the Cowboys. Let's take a break. Sunday Statement Draft for Week 6 when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, Sunday Statement time, Week 6. Mike Golick, Mike Florio here with you. Mike, you are up. First statement. All right, my first statement is how to not play a Hail Mary. I mean, listen, in a game I know Arizona won. I get it. They smoked Cleveland. But Cleveland uh, only scored 14 in this one. They're one of their touchdowns at the end of the half on a Hail Mary by Baker Mayfield, who did a really nice job of escaping some pressure and threw the ball about, what, 63, 64 yards in the air. I uh, got great air under it, and right at the front, right just inside the end zone, was Donovan Peoples-Jones making the catch. So first, again, Baker does a nice job escaping and then just heaves it. And my good friend Tom Jackson, who I worked with for many years at ESPN, I can just hear his voice, knock it down, knock it down. Be a volleyball player and spike the ball. And nobody knocked it down. Nobody had position. Peoples-Jones was in front of everybody. He didn't even high point the ball. The ball came into his shoulder pads. Normally the arms go up. So it even had more time, the ball in the air. And no cardinal there to do exactly what you need to do. Knock it down. I mean, that was the... The unfortunately, because we've seen the other side of that, we seen Kyle Murray with a monster Hail Mary last year uh, for, for them. But, man, there's a way to play that, and that was kind of a statement of how not to play a Hail Mary ball. And I'll tell you, the way things have been going this year with the officiating, just go ahead and knock the receiver down, too, and they're not going to throw the flag. So if they're you can't get never to the ball, throw just, the flag just wipe out the receiver. Um, first yeah. one for me, I, we talked about this earlier but to the extent that I want to be true to what I, I try to give out here, the strongest statement was by the Las Vegas Raiders. Their ability to come together amid the dysfunction, amid the emotion, amid the confusion that they had to have experienced. That's a testament to the organization top to bottom. I was impressed with Mike Mayock last week when he took the podium and basically took the reins of the team. He's now the guy who's in charge of the football operation. There was some criticism of Mark Davis for not being the one who was front and center. Look, Mayock was a professional broadcaster. Let him be the guy. I got no problem with that ultimately. I think Davis probably would have made it worse if he would have been the one who spoke. Mayock has it under control. Bisacci has it under control. Derek Carr getting it under control. While these guys are processing it, and you said it earlier perfectly, 
This is their sanctuary. This is their refuge, coming together and playing football. But to do what they did, that oh God, what an embarrassment for the Broncos to lose to a team that was in disarray. But what a statement for the Raiders to really pull it together and get the victory. And, you know, there's, uh, again, we don't have time to get into all the details. The, the, Mike, I, the, the timing of all of this stinks to high heaven to me. It should have happened before yep. the season. It should have happened after the season. To have it happen the way it did during the season undermines the competitive integrity of the entire season for the Raiders and other teams. So good for the Raiders that they found a way to win. And I think a lot of people who otherwise were neutral or maybe didn't like the Raiders very much are now rooting for the Raiders to kind of undo the damage that, that was done to them midstream. Because my understanding, and I, and I said we didn't have a lot of time to talk about this, but let me just say this last thing. This Gruden thing could have come to a head a long time ago. It did not have to happen during the season. And you just wonder what more is going to come from this whole situation that I know guys like you are, are trying to find out if more will happen. But I'm going to get my, do my second statement based off your first statement uh, as well, and it's about player resilience. You talked about the Raiders and their resilience to go out and play, and this in a completely unrelated situation, but still having to play without a head coach. I go to the players of the Arizona Cardinals. You're going to Cleveland to play a very tough defense, and then you find out your head coach and, and then quarterback coach as well will not be able to coach because of COVID restriction, because of the COVID situation, and they're testing. So all of a sudden, they're not there. So you have uh, a team that, and, and we know the relationship with Murray and Cliff Kingsbury that they have for a high potent offense that all of a sudden doesn't have your head coach who's the offensive guy and doesn't have your quarterback coach. But again, this offense for Arizona against a very good or what had been a very good defense for the Cleveland Browns, they go in there and they basically do not miss a beat. So again, I say to the resilience of the players, able to put this again, a different type of distraction of your coach not being there, big time difference, but still having to go on the field with not all your full complement of people involved in a game. I remember it was the Browns who didn't have coach Kevin Stefanski for that big playoff win at the Steelers. And now the Browns lose to a team that doesn't have their head coach for that game. That was on paper, one of the better games of the day, but as it played out, it was not, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor for my second one, 14 carries 145 yards and two touchdowns for a Colts team that manhandled the Texans. Well, yeah, they were supposed to, but consider this. And this speaks to resilience. You know, Sims and I say all the time, don't let one loss become two. When you're the Colts and you're up 22 to three, in the third quarter, and it all falls apart, and you lose in heartbreaking fashion, what are you going to do? You got a short week, you got a team coming to town that you should be able to beat. Uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to refocus? Are you going to be complacent? Are you going to say, oh, woe is us? What are you going to do? Well, the Colts did what they had to do. Credit to Frank Reich, credit to, to Jonathan Taylor, credit to Carson Wentz, because uh, I, I think the Colts can still win that division. They still could. Yeah. Because it's the worst in football and uh the titans may very well pick up their third loss tonight when they when they host the bills but uh jonathan taylor a uh, great statement by him and by the colts in rebounding from a very difficult loss to swallow let's take a break we'll have the final round of our sunday statement draft when pft live concludes right after this All right, Sunday statement. There's the first two rounds. Mike Golick is up with his third and final selection. My last statement is a statement made by Dan Campbell, and I'm interested what you think of this as well, Mike. Talking about Jared Goff, who seven touchdowns, four interceptions, 
in, in leading the Detroit uh, Lions. They lost yesterday. Uh, 34 to 11, I believe it was, to the Cincinnati Bengals. And we saw Dan Campbell kind of cry, uh, be emotional last week. This week, a little more anger. And when asked about golf, he said this I'll say this. I feel like he has to step up more than he has. I think he needs to help us, just like everybody else. He's going to need to put a little extra bit of weight on his shoulders here, and it's time to step up, make some throws, and do some things. But he needs help. I'm wondering what you think of that. I've always been one of. When do, do, that is everything is we, everything is us. Maybe this is still too old school of me. And Dan Campbell, and to sit down with Jared Goff and say that exact thing to Jared Goff in his office. But uh, the united front outside of that is we all need to play better. And he did say, not at a golf, he said, but we all need to do it. But he did single out Jared Goff. Do you have a problem with that, or would you rather have that? Are you fine with that and say, hey, maybe that'll light a fire underneath him? I'm going to. I'm going to probably cop out here and say I do have a problem with it and I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with it because, as you said, Mike, all of that stuff needs to be internal. But it's possible they have tried everything else they can to light a fire under this guy. I'm not a Jared Goff fan. I, I, I thought the Rams should not have paid him when they did. And the way they did that trade with the Lions for Matthew Stafford, they, they tucked a first-round pick into the package to get the Lions to take Goff's contract off their hands. The Lions knew what they were getting. They, they yeah. should not be surprised here. Their GM came from the Rams. Their GM knows what the Rams ultimately thought of Jared Goff, and they still rolled out the Honolulu blue carpet for him. So the Lions can't claim buyer's remorse now. They knew what they were getting. And it's just a matter of time before they get somebody else to play quarterback. I don't know what they thought, Mike. They thought he was going to become someone he isn't. Yeah. And I don't want to take anything away from the guy. He was the first overall pick. He's earned a lot of money. He's a good quarterback. Right. But he's not a franchise quarterback, period. And uh, so I, I, I guess my guess is Dan Campbell is just at his wit's end. There's nothing that's worked with this guy, so he's going to try this. Well, there you go. Well, I, so. I guess I took the rest of it. Sorry about that. That's all right. Show's over. That's all right. I was going to say C.D. Lamb, 149 yards, two touchdowns, plus a walk-off game winner. And a taunting. He's probably going to get fined. Game's over. Can't flag me now. Taunt on the last play of the game. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. (laughs) Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up at participating McDonald's.